We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals Draft Podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. It's been a hot minute since we've jumped into the draft class, the blue chippers of 2024's NFL Draft. And Bo, Cardinals sit second overall as they enter week 12 with Kyler Murray and company. What's on the docket this week? Well, I mean, they still have two first-round picks, one at the top of the draft. I mean, if there is a silver lining to the frustrations of watching the offense get three consecutive turnover on downs to end that game and lose to the Houston Texans despite three turnovers from C.J. Stroud for the first time in his life, uh, is that you're sitting second overall. And, you know, if, if Kyler Murray can continue to answer the questions surrounding him and solidify himself as the Arizona Cardinals franchise quarterback, which I think he's, uh, if he hasn't already done, he's on pace to do so by the end of the season. Uh, and to have the Arizona Cardinals be a very precarious situation to where they could either not draft a quarterback and take the best position player available or maybe get crafty like Monty Awesomefort did last draft and trade down. But I think if there, there's one player, obviously, that you're saying is worth the second overall selection, uh, you stick and pick and take him. We know who that player is. We're going to talk about him here in a hot minute. But first, let's check out that top 10 draft order entering Thursday's play here on Thanksgiving. The Cardinals, as Bo mentioned, selecting second overall right now. And I think, again, we've heard through people close to the team, Kyler Murray is very much in the plans for this franchise, Bo Brock, assuming that they do not end up with the first overall pick. That belongs to the Chicago Bears. Cardinals picking second right now, but we talked about this over the last several days here on PHNX Cardinals. Look at every other team on this list. Now, the Bears can't take two quarterbacks, but everybody else, eight out of ten spots, you could make a significant case for an upgrade at Signal Carler. Like, Patriots, absolutely. Bears, yes. First overall, Giants, of course. Titans, Commanders, Falcons, Packers, Buccaneers, on and on and on. It goes probably into the teens, Bullbrock. The Cardinals are in a very precarious position, and they will have a definitive decision to make. Is Marvin Harrison Jr. and his elite talent, number one, is it available to them at pick two? And then also, is it worthy enough to take a generational receiver over what I would think a, would be a bounty of picks, I'm going to tell you right now, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is worth it. And I'm going to tell you why. He is, as somebody put it recently in the mainstream media, a smoother, more rounded out A.J. Green prospect coming into the NFL draft. This is what you trade picks for. 
This is why you have a bounty of, of picks, to be able to select a player of this caliber in the top three, in the top five. Look at his size. Look at his separation ability. Look at the moves. 13 touchdowns on the season, over 17 yards per reception. He is putting together the kind of season right now with below average quarterback play, I would say, from Ohio State, that we only dreamed of him having. And Ohio State, they're firmly in, in position to potentially make the college football playoff. How about this throw and catch right here? He is an exceptional playmaker. He is somebody that is an immediate star at the NFL level, plug and play. I expect him, Bo, as a rookie, whether it's in Arizona or otherwise, to have the same impact on an NFL franchise like Jamar Chase did once upon a time for the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I, I think I I really love the not the comparison as far as who they are as a player, but what Chase was able to bring immediately to that Bengals team. And that was a polarizing pick at the time. Everybody thought that the Bengals needed to eat their vegetables and maybe go trenches and take a penne Sewell in that draft fifth overall. But they said, no, 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 this type of playmaking this can make up for that. Sure, Joe Burrow's still taking shots, and I think Monty Ossifort's going to put the Cardinals in a better position to protect Kyler Murray, he already has, than, say, you know, the Bengals have done for Joe Burrow. But when you look at it, 6'4", 205, you know, the pedigree there, his, his father already, you know, an NFL Hall of Famer, Marvin Harrison, but bigger you know yeah. that he's he's going to be have have his father, you know, preaching and pounding in, you know, what it takes to be an NFL top wide receiver and, and being precise with your route running and, and doing the things that are necessary to be successful and to thrive at the next level. You already see it in Columbus, and uh, it's just one of those players where you make the exception. Like, I know, and we've discussed this, that wide receiver is like a fringe premium position now, right? In, in the Cardinals, they're, they're going to – really be looking to have a facelift done to their wide receiving core when they've only got three guys under contract going into this offseason. And Michael Wilson, the third-round rookie, who wasn't able to stay healthy so far his first season in the league. And then you have Zach Pascal and Rondell Moore. Uh, that's that's not good enough. That's not a good enough crew to go with. You immediately bolster it with a, a, a guy that can hit the ground running and immediately translate the success he had at the college level this season, uh, 1,000 yards receiving, 13 touchdowns the previous season. Uh, it, really impressive numbers from, from Marvin Harrison Jr. He's the complete package, and it's not somebody that people uh, like. very rarely turn their nose up when you throw generational around. He's, he's a blue chipper in every sense. He's the best player in this draft. And for the Cardinals to be able to select him, I mean, it's, a, it's, a double, it, it's, it's bittersweet because it's going to take a top two to three pick which means they're going to have to lose a fair share of these next six weeks coming up. And we don't actively root for losses. But as you mentioned, it's the ultimate kind of contingency prize. And we should have been gifted that at the end of last year. Cardinals had a tough season pick third overall. They traded down. That draft class got muddled because of the off-the-field concerns of Jalen Carter. Otherwise, I firmly believe he'd be an Arizona Cardinal. The Cardinals need to be, if they have a difficult time securing wins these next month and a half of games in these six games, they need to be rewarded for that. And there's no yeah. better player to do that than with Marvin Harrison Jr. But Bo, yeah, we'd be go ahead. Let me let me ask you this: Can we put up the draft standings real quick? Yeah, just one. Let let me play. Uh, if if the Bears and, and the Bears are, I, I'm starting to see on social media and through our friends over at CHGO Bears, like are they talking themselves back into Justin Fields? I, I hope not. Right? No. Uh, but you know, if the Bears if the Bears get as high as Three again, and it's, it'd be tough because the Patriots. It's tough to find any more wins on their schedule. But mm -hmm. if the Bears are, if the Cardinals are a, a bear sandwich, right? They're the hero bread 
to the in the Cardinals and the media, in, the Bears are you know bookending them one in three. Could you see in any scenario that the Bears take Marvin Harrison Jr. first and then take whatever quarterback's available at three? It's not a situation I've even entertained, but that's that's interesting. One could say that's nightmarish. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, they're going to take Caleb Williams. I think Caleb Williams is going to be the first overall pick. Now, that could be interesting, like draft prop odds in that scenario. Man, I think with DJ Moore, with the amount of picks that they have, the amount of money that they have, I think they'll be content. Because at the end of the day, as much as we love Marvin, why does Marvin work in Arizona? Because of Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Like the Bears, Drake May, if he's an outright bust, like I love Marvin Harrison Jr. He he can't overcome that. That's not going to get yeah. you to victories. Like you can't, I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it too in that scenario. Um, but I mean, it's it's a fascinating case study. I think Chicago is going to win one to two more games. I mean, we saw they they almost beat Detroit. They're going to be more competitive than people think. Hell, they could. I, I don't think they're going to beat the Cardinals, but that's going to be a coin flip game at Soldier yeah. Field at the end of the year. You know, I, I think unlike Carolina, and you just mentioned New England, I don't know what the hell the Giants were doing last weekend against the Commanders. The, the Bears, to me, I think they've got enough talent to win one to two more. Uh, I, I think the same about the Cardinals, frankly. But right now, if the Cardinals are in a position, you take Harrison. If they can't take him, I do think we've talked about this. There's a contingency plan in place because I'm going to say it right now. I think this receiving class is going to be on par with some of the best we've seen over the last three to five years. Yeah, one of the guys we've already highlighted is Keon Coleman. We're not going to talk about him today. We talked about Marvin Harrison Jr., but because the Arizona Cardinals made their way back close to the top of the draft at number two and in striking distance for Marvin Harrison Jr.'s services, we wanted to get him back in front of all of you great people. But there is certainly great consolation prizes at the wide receiver position outside of Harrison, including Coleman. But Malik Neighbors is kind of a late addition to the party, a guy that's just putting up absolute crazy numbers with Jaden Daniels down there in uh, Baton Rouge for the mm-hmm. LSU Tigers. And you're seeing a guy at six feet tall, 200 pounds, absolute playmaker. You see him number eight here on your screen, making big – look at the, the separation there. I don't even know who they're playing. Is that Kentucky? They absolutely just toast that cornerback and then watch him make a play here, stops, gets it going, and then just look at what he does in the open field, making guys miss all over the place. This is Florida. This is the Gators. This isn't Panera Bread University, Johnny. Malik <laughs> Neighbors is making big plays with the ball in his hands, and that's exactly what you're looking for uh, for, well, any NFL franchise, but mostly with what Drew Petzing wants to do offensively. 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns. He can kind of do it. He's got you know an array of skills. I think he can pretty much run, run any route on the route tree. I like it. And you know him with that playmaking ability potentially opposite Michael Wilson – uh, I think it's something that, you know, Arizona Cardinals fans can be talked into. He's a true deep threat. And I think if you're looking at replacing Hollywood Brown this offseason, he's the perfect person to do that, save for Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I think it's got the size. He's over six feet. Like everybody that we're going to talk about today, that everybody's a contender to be a first round receiver right now, at least where the Cardinals are going to be picking, it, it fits the demographic that they're looking for, the attributes. Over six foot, explosive. Like, Seven seventeen point eight yards per catch. That's only going to be dwarfed by the next guy we talk about here in a second, but all-time big playmaker. He's going to finish this year, assuming LSU gets a bowl game, with like 1,700 receiving yards. Like You're in a discussion for one of the best receivers in the country, and you're yeah. doing it against the best competition, as you pointed out, 
in the SEC. But, I mean, like, he looks more physical than the people give him credit for. He's 20 years old. Let me repeat. This isn't Brandon Whedon, 27 years old. He's 20 years old. <laughs> you might be able to get two contracts out of this kid before he's 30 years old if you hit on him. That That's, again, we talked about Hollywood Brown at nauseum this week. He's going to be 27 next offseason. He's got you know only 1,000-yard receiving season in the NFL. This is why you roll the dice in the draft. Yeah. If I can get this kid, he enters my training camp at 21 years old and he stays healthy, you're going to get uber production, cheap production, at least for the next five years. He wouldn't hit the open market until he's 26 years old. Think about yeah. that for a second. I mean, it's so I'm excited about him. I think, again, uh, kudos to Jaden Daniels and Brian Kelly, at least offensively, what they're able to do at LSU. They can put points up against damn near anybody. I'm going to tell you right now, Bo, for me, as, as somebody that, again, has been allergic to the wide receiver position early in this, you know, Steve Kime era because of the fact that they've missed. They've missed on Andy Isabella. They've missed on Christian Kirk, right? He left as a free agent. They've, they've missed on Rondell Moore. The receivers that we're talking about today – I mean, good Lord, it is, it is a bountiful group. And you look at this top 10 in this draft class, like the Cardinals, if they could position themselves, let's say hypothetically they fall to pick four or five and they can't get a Marvin Harrison Jr. in that scenario. And they have to look back at the Houston Texans pick. I'm hopeful that that Houston's Texans pick ends up somewhere between 15 to 22. You take one of these guys. I, I saw a mock Malik Napers went in the top 10. So maybe wow. that's not realistic. But if if you can get to a point where you're going Joe Alt or somebody like that, or maybe the Newton, the kid out of Champaign, Illinois, you're you're taking the best line of scrimmage player, and you're peppering it in with the, this kid from Baton Rouge or this next player we're going to talk about. It, it's a home run. And yeah. speaking of home run, this this next kid we're talking about, I think might be one of the fastest risers in not only college football, and he's going to have a chance to do what I think in the final four of the college football playoff, but in, in, in draft conversations, it's Rome Adunze from Washington. He wears number one. He's their number one receiver, 6'3", 215 bow, 1,200 yards. How about this? This is staggering. 18.3 yards per reception. He is almost averaging what equates to two first downs Every time he touches the football for the Huskies, <laughs> exceptional playmaker in the open field. He's done it back to back years. He had a th- like eleven hundred yards last year. This year he's on pace for about fourteen hundred yards receiving. He's going to get to do it on a national stage. I love it when Pac twelve guys ball out. He is along with Napers, two of the fastest rising prospects that I think, unfortunately for the Cardinals, if they use their first pick on a non wide receiver, maybe have priced themselves out of the back half of the first round. Yeah, it's possible, but like we talk about, we throw consolation prize around, and it's like when you look at the 2020 draft, uh, where there was some big name wide receivers that went in, and, and you know, obviously somebody who's who's we don't like to talk about, Henry Ruggs the third, C.D. Lamb was part of that. There was some bigger names, and then at 22, a guy named Justin Jefferson goes uh, just after Jalen Rager goes to Philadelphia. And the Vikings front office is laughing and celebrating at the same time of the previous pick. And that fact that Jettas fell right in their lap. Like, could this player, could Rome be the Justin Jefferson of this draft class? Like, 
there's a president for that. But also, I think as far as just as a pure prospect, like obviously Jefferson had to play second fiddle a little bit to Jamar Chase, and people didn't know quite how to evaluate him in such a stacked offense to where Rome's the guy in Washington. Rome is yeah. a big part of why Michael Penix Jr. is in the Heisman conversation this year and why the Huskies are undefeated. And it's, you know, I I, I was shocked to find that this is a guy that runs potentially a sub 4 440 with that size i mean he could be somebody that when you talk about as a fast riser now come draft season and pre-draft like once you start to see it in in the underwear olympics at the combine and he's putting up you know low numbers and then high numbers as far as everywhere else and that in the combine he might be somebody that'd be too tough to pass up like he he is somebody that i think immediately could transform what the cardinals do offensively but you know, at the same time, you know, you do also have to look at this this Cardinals team. As we talk about, you know, a, a trio of wide receivers, they still need a lot of help elsewhere. But this this type of talent is is it's easy to see why you're intrigued by them. It's tantalizing. Wide receiver is a premium position, but so is edge rusher, and we've talked about it this offseason. Defensive line play is going to be important. We've really focused Bo on the three to five techniques. Yeah. The play of B.J. Ojolari is promising. Four sacks this year, three sacks in the last four games for the LSU product. But I don't think that would preclude them from potentially taking a first-round edge rusher. And there are a couple that we've got our eye on this week. No, it it encourages you should be in this Arizona Cardinals front seven in this pass rush room, which has been so productive without really a household name. Sure. They brought in a guy that was a first round pick, but wasn't his position projected to be potentially a good pass rusher in Zayvon Collins. Uh, This was, this is a crew that's produced a ton of TFLs and gotten after the passer. And and I think they have about 29 sacks on the season. They had 36 overall last year, Johnny. Yeah. 36. And they paid guys like uh, Marcus Golden more money than they probably deserved at that point to not produce as much. Uh, but when you start to look at this, it's like, okay, you're encouraged by this group, but why not throw in some blue chip talent there? And I think when you start to look at it, sure, J- Jared Verse from Florida State is on that list. But I think cracking that list now is uh, Leatu Latu from UCLA playing in our backyard for the Bruins in the Pac-12. Talk about TFLs, 20 and a half TFLs. Look what he does to Caleb Williams, who isn't, he's fleet of foot. He has nowhere to go. He absolutely mm-hmm. just abuses this uh, right tackle here, just gets a running start, and then just takes Caleb Williams down and and probably had he's Caleb double crying. Yeah, and he, he's probably crying in the stands, and he's probably <laughs> going home and watching a couple extra Netflix movies with his dog because of what Latu did to him uh, on that particular Saturday for the Bruins in that rivalry game. But he is a fast riser, and you talk, we talk about Zayvon Collins pretty comparable as far as size and intangibles and six four two sixty five, pretty much right there with Zavin. Uh, but then you saw the speed and the violence that Jonathan Gannon likes to say, Nick Ross likes to say that he plays with coming off the edge. I'm a sucker for production. I, it doesn't always translate. Like we talked about it last year, Tyree Wilson, no production, you know, elite physical traits to Will Anderson Jr. Elite production, maybe not as great physical traits. And that's why, like, B.J. Ojolari in the second round didn't have a bunch of numbers, but he was a second-round pick. It's easier to swallow. Like, if I'm taking a guy top 10, I want to be able to check a box and say, oh, he had double-digit sacks. Like, I can project that to the next. If you're not dominating something that you're going to be asked to do at the college level, even if you are got a novice coaching staff and underutilized facilities or whatever, I want to see it. And he's got 13 sacks. I mean, that, those are big-boy numbers. Like, yeah. you have 13 to 15 sacks 
in the Pac-12. Like that's that's not Mountain West numbers. That's oh, I can see that translating on an NFL Sunday, and I get it. Like it's not all apples and oranges. Some guys have minimal production based on what they're asked to do, but this guy's asked to do really one thing: set the edge and rush the passer. He's dominant at that. Like I, the more and more I watch him as compared to Jared Verse, I think I got him ahead of Jared Verse, and I think NFL people do too. Like I, the Pac-12. It's sad that it's going away for the most part. It's having a banner year as it relates to draft prospects because they've got outside the SEC. I think they've got more talent than the Big Ten this year. I really yeah. do. I think like the Big Ten may have more people drafted in the middle rounds, but I look at this first round. There's Pac-12 players all over it. Yeah. And I look at the quality of offensive line and quarterback play in the Pac-12 is elite. And if you're getting after these guys 13, 15 times in your last season at UCLA for for a brand right now that's down, Chip Kelly and the UCLA, it's it's down in the dumps right now. He is overcoming that. I'll applaud him for that. But again, yeah, it's I'm gonna you're I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna do one of these and I'm gonna chop it up here. So I just outlined I like production, mm-hmm. but I also like the resume of where you come from at your position, and that brings us into our last one. It's Chop Robinson, edge rusher Great from name. Penn State. Four sacks on the year. Law 213, so that's nine less. But you do have to like the calling card of, okay, elite physical traits, plus he comes from a university. They have had, it's not just Micah Parsons, they've had, I think, four or five edge rushers or linebackers drafted within the top 50 in the past three years. So quietly, Penn State has become like edge rusher slash linebacker you. Robinson, to me, he's got explosiveness. Now, this is, competition hasn't been great, and they've they've gotten run over by Ohio State and Michigan, but he is easily the best defensive player. And he, he reminds me, you mentioned he's got that 44. He reminds me a little bit of Marcus Golden. Here's against Michigan's offensive line. Yeah. Works the right tackle, takes out J.J. McCarthy in the process. So, again, not somebody I would fall in love with with a top 10 pick. But yeah. if we're just contextualizing it like, a quality first rounder that you could develop maybe with the Houston pick. Again, a little light for me. He's right around 260, 255 on any given Sunday. I'm a fan of his. He is not my favorite edge rusher. I've seen him be mocked as high as like 10th overall. I just don't see it. But for the Cardinals, like we got to get to know all these players. And I he could really help himself here in a bowl game. I think he could really help himself, of course, at the combine. Micah Parsons, once upon a time, was thought of as, you know, 15, 20th draft prospect, off the field concerns, production wasn't as good as final year at Penn State, and he's the maybe the best defensive player in the NFL. So it's not yep. nothing, and they know how to coach the position out there for the Nittany Islands. Full disclosure, full transparency, I found these videos. I don't know what that last clip was against Michigan. It was based on, I think I, we, we got it from like a... I don't know. I mean, it wasn't HD. It wasn't 4K. That's for sure. It was like grainy 8-bit footage of Chop Robinson getting after McCarthy there of Michigan. The the only thing, like, the production thing is big for me, and I think it's big for the Arizona Cardinals. Like, when you look at the previous draft class, even to the sixth round where they take Dante Stills, Dante Stills was a highly productive college player. When you look at what uh, maybe the difference between uh, Clayton Tune and maybe what they didn't see in DTR was a highly productive quarterback consistently throughout his college career in Clayton Tune, Keytrell Clark in the sixth round, Owen Papo at Auburn, uh, you know, fourth round. Jonathan Gaines was probably the only guy that you said, hey, you got to look at the athleticism, you got to look at the skill set and see what it projects to be. Well, most of these guys were like, okay, I see the skill set and it translates to results. And I think I'm with you on chop, like. If he's somebody that slips 
out of the first round and he's there at the second round. He's one of their potentially three third round picks. Absolutely. There you go. Take that six, three guy, two fifty out of happy Valley and yeah. throw him right on your, in your pass rush room. No doubt about it, but there's, is it a down year? It feels like it's a down year at edge with, with verse. It's, it's big. It's a, it's a robust defensive line and wide receiver class and tackle class, but it just doesn't seem the same for edge. So uh, I, maybe they just kind of kick the can down the road a little bit at that position. I think you're comfortable right now with B. Joe Gelari and Zayvon Collins as your starters next year. You would assume you're going to get better play from them. I think B. Joe Gelari is somebody that has exploded the last month. If he can sustain that, he's a double-digit sack guy, I think. And then, like, what happens with Dennis Gardeck? What happens with Victor Dumakeji? They could sign a pass rusher. You don't want to force it. And they did a nice job last year of not forcing the issue at, at premium positions. They thought Paris Johnson Jr. was worthy of a top-five pick, clearly, and they thought Paris Johnson Jr. was easily the best tackle. If they find somebody that fits that profile as an edge rusher, I'm not going to behoove him of, of the behoove them of that. But it's clear in my mind, and hopefully in their mind, that this draft it's got maybe quarterback you could throw in. Thankfully, the Cardinals we don't think are going to play in that sandbox. The two positions right now that are hot as hell are offensive tackle and wide receiver, and the Cardinals could use upgrades of both of them. And mm-hmm. there are a lot. It's just kind of pick your flavor, pick your poison, whatever you want to dabble with. We're going to dabble right now with another mock draft, Bo Brock. We're going to do three rounds here via the Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator. We did one earlier in the week, uh, and uh, things got a little spicy between me and my co-host here. And I'm, I want to have some well, You fun almost today. went off the rails earlier this week. You, yeah, you want to I almost took everybody two wideouts in? in the first round. <laughs> Here's what I want to do, though, because we weren't allowed to do this. So inexplicably, the Chicago Bears took Drake May over Caleb Williams. So we're... We're just gonna we're gonna ignore that for a second. I want to do a trade with New England. Can we do that? We're gonna well, force the trade. Yeah, with let's New say they do that. Let's say the Bears continue to bear and make bad decisions at the quarterback yeah. position as they've done their entire since their history of their franchise. If a guy like Caleb Williams became, was available at two, you can bet your ass that teams are getting on the phone with Monty Osford. Let's just let's just say right now we don't want to leave two or three. I'm sorry because yeah. we want to be able to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I would say at this point, if you could get pick 35, you 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 basically say let's call it a day. Would you agree with that? Like that's almost the equivalent of another first round pick. I know yeah. you could get greedy and say, hey, the Giants are offering you two additional ones, but then you lose out on Marvin. It right. basically comes down to the fa- how much is Marvin Harrison Jr. worth to you? To me. He's worth enough where if I get almost a first-round pick in the process, like back-to-back, you're having 34 and 35, I, I'm taking that I because I want Marvin Harrison Jr. No you doubt about that? it. No, it's, it's definitely weighing risk versus reward. And, you know, to be able to get greedy and to to get something out of something that's not there, and, and but you also have an understanding what the Patriots are doing and making sure that they can secure their quarterback of the future – um, it's it's worth it not to to gamble too 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 high stakes here and and gamble yourself out of a generational type player in Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, look at this: three twenty one, thirty four, thirty five, sixty six, seventy, eighty five. There's seven starters hypothetically right there. Is, We're gonna go. With this is look. Yeah, there you go. Pull the trigger on Marvin. It's we're not gonna I'm, get cute here. Um, this is where I tried to get cute earlier this week. Um. Just for the sake of not having some redundancy here, we did take Mims earlier in the week. 
Yeah. Uh, is there another player that potentially, or let's just go position unit, maybe defensive line that you want to dabble on, edge and de- and defensive line? Uh, I mean, the kid out of uh, kid out of, I mean, the edge out of Ohio State is decent. I don't know if he's worthy of the pick. I mean, you could also you could also uh, entertain trading down in this spot. Um, interior defensive line was the corner like Cooper DeGene, DeJean. He was somebody that that really was playing high high level football for Iowa. A yeah. reason why they're successful and they can make up for not having an offense. Um, but he it looks like he's dealing with a lower leg injury. Yeah. Uh, so then you look at these other guys, like is is King out of Penn State worthy of a first round pick? That that's the toughest thing. And that's why I'm I'm saying maybe we just you you keep it simple and I know it's it's we're not giving any parity here, but you go with the big six seven kid out of Georgia and, yeah. and bolster your offensive line. I'm with you. There's just not not enough meat on the bone there. I do think this is where things get really appetizing for the Cardinals. Back-to-back picks now after that trade. Leonard Taylor, the third for the Miami Hurricanes, dominant against quality uh, Clemson. A little bit of a, a downturn here against Florida State, but enough. I mean, he was borderline elite in 2022. Somebody that can get after the quarterback, more hurries than sacks, but I think... Look, his his statistics are solid, but his projections, 6'3", 305, a sophomore, redshirt sophomore, you're getting this kid like Calais Campbell once upon a time as a baby in his early 20s, Bo. What do you say we go with our back-to-back picks, kicking it off with a defensive lineman down in Florida? Isn't it the same school as Calais, too, the U, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm in for that. I mean, I think, especially, when I talked to Gannon earlier this week, and Dante Stills played 80% of the snaps on yeah. Sunday. And I said, is is that something that you're comfortable with? He's like, well, obviously, it was out of necessity because they were down two players in Lecky and Kevin Strong Jr., but no. Uh, so you're talking about any defensive lineman you see here, it's like, hey, these aren't, two to three down defensive linemen, they have a rotation where they're working f- five guys in and out of the out of the rotation there. So when you're getting a guy like this that's talented, big like that, and you can couple him with a Dante Stills and really kind of go with a, almost a full tank every time, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, we're back in a scenario in which I think cornerback has to be viewed as the priority here, Bull Brock, back to back defenders after going offense back to back. Six six foot one ninety, Josh Newton out of TCU. Outside of a really tough day against Texas, has had a banner year for the Horn Frogs. Uh, not quite his national championship runner up season of a year ago, but somebody who's played a lot of meaningful games at the college scene. I think I I would be more inclined to go with Newton. Uh, over some of these other, you know, fringe prospects, given, you know, I, I think he, he was part of a really special group last year. One of the few carryovers for TCU. What say you? I, I think I'm I like the kid out of the SEC a little bit more in Kamari Lasseter, who hasn't surrendered a touchdown this year. Uh, as far as they're very similar as far as their size goes. Um, I would just err on the side of the guy playing in the SEC over sure. the guy playing in the Big 12. But Look, I'm not going to crush you if you go, because uh, I think we took Lasser last time, too, if you take a Josh Newton instead. And, and TCU's produced some some decent corners. Let's do it for the sense, for the sense of parity here on the draft show uh, so we can check off our boxes. So we can, say, so we can say this offseason, yeah, he was in one of our mock drafts. Uh, 
Now we're back at pick 66. We're only in still in round two. You absolutely love to see. I believe this is going to be the second rounder that comes uh, with maybe the, no, I'm sorry. This is the third rounder. The second just ended uh, Blake Corum. One of my draft well, we got a defensive lineman and we got a corner in the second round. So now we got our final three picks here of our mock draft all coming in the third round. Uh, we love this as the money round for the running back spot. And I think we really just need to figure out which running back we like. Just just bring up the running backs and you'll see how many really talented players are left. Looks like Quorum went off, but you've got Benson, Donovan Edwards, who I think is more of an every down back than Quorum even is anyway in the same school. And then you've got uh, Bucky Irving out of Oregon, Trayvon Henderson down the board a little bit, some really talented backs. So I think you could even like wait on that yeah, and then start to look. Maybe even take another defensive lineman. What's the uh, what? What's the edge class look like? Um, DJ James, a corner out of Auburn, is is pr- probably available. Um, so the positions you need if we're looking at guard slash center, running back, corner, and edge rusher. And I would almost already even throw defensive line back yeah. in this group. They're, they're go ahead. No, I agree with that. I think defensive line you could you could take three up to three in this draft and, and say it was it was worth it for just how they play that rotation. Uh yeah, man. I I think you look at Jonathan Gannon and you say, Hey, you've you've made a, a lot out of a little this year in your secondary, specifically a cornerback. DJ James, Auburn's had a rough year, but I mean this this is a little bit of a concern. This is not he has had a banner year, according to our friends at PFF, uh, including a dominant game against Arkansas. I, I think you double down here with two really high-end cornerback prospects in the middle rounds. We saw what he was able to do with Garrett Williams, Bo. DJ James, I think, that's my vote right now, because I'm with you. Yeah. I think a lot of these backs are going to fall. Right, and, and James, he's given up just a one touchdown. Like As far as Auburn's woes, he's not part of it. So we continue uh, here. Two more, two more picks. Yeah, uh, let's you you want to start to dabble in in the running back spot? I mean, I, I think Trey Benson projects is is a guy that could be an every down back. Um, you could start to look. We already addressed the offensive line. You'd have to look inside, I think, as far as the offensive line goes. The yeah, offensive just, line, you don't to have to that. shy away from either. Yeah, and, the interior offensive line. These prospects have not emerged yet. They will. This offseason, but right now, according to our friends at PFF, just the value is not there to take a guard. And I think, frankly, you take a left tackle in the first round, you want to sign a free agent guard of note. You don't want two rookies next to each other, at least not in 2024. So now if we're looking at, I'm with you. I think Trey Benson's the choice. I think you get a big physical player that could be showcased during the college football playoff, 6-2-230. And now the Cardinals now with their last pick, uh, I just mentioned it, there could be a, uh, a need at guard for a developmental purpose similar to John Gaines last year. I don't know a ton about Christian Haynes. He comes from a smaller school in Connecticut, but he does play in the same conference that once upon a time housed some really good players. Um, you know, the, the Cardinals took Garrett Williams out of Syracuse last year. This kid, 6'2", 313. He's a redshirt senior, uh, has had some really nice years, according to PFF, interior offensive line. You check every box. You take a guard here. You you will have addressed everything but, I would say, edge rusher. Would you be more inclined to go BPA on guard or maybe double down on the defensive line, Bo? Yeah, I think you maybe go with the kid out of Texas, Byron Murphy, the second. 
uh, and you add some more beef to your defensive line, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with the future guys like Lecky Fotu and, and other guys on the line to where you can kind of start to, to get guys. You're just pulling the trigger right there. And I ultimately, I mean, if we're playing who wants to be a millionaire, I, that wasn't my final answer. But It wasn't. I'm so, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I thought you would commend me because I said, you know what? You've talked me into it. Okay. I've seen I've seen enough, uh, you know, non-quality depth on the defensive the line. Only the only other person I might have considered out of that group was the tackle at a at a Yale, and he might be somebody that can kick inside. Uh, I know Ian Rappaport was giving him some love this week. Uh, he's definitely headed to the draft, but I, I have no problem adding two defense interior defensive linemen in your first six picks. I have no no issue with that. Seven in this case because we pulled off the trade. And the Cardinals have a ton of picks on day three. So this isn't the end of the story by any means. Here's what I will say. If you ask me right now my preference, this is my preference in terms of positional value and where I think the Cardinals should prioritize talent. I, I've told Bo for some time I think they should go offense with their first two picks, a tackle and a wide receiver combination, especially if Marvin Harrison Jr. is available to you. And then, you know, outside of a running back on day two, I'm fine with Jonathan Gannon saying, give me a defensive lineman, give me a corner, two corners, an edge rusher, whatever you want to do, because I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it now with B.J. Ojolari, Dante Steele's late, Garrett Williams. But there are only so many people that are built 6'7 that can pass protect, right? Yeah. There are only so many freaks like Marvin Harrison Jr. I Those two picks right there at 3-21, and 21, those are cornerstone players to allow Kyler Murray to take his game from maybe a B, B-plus to an A-plus. That's what you're trying to get to. And then these supplemental picks defensively, these are these are depth pieces. These are guys that you hope emerge as future starters, guys that get second contracts. So chef's kiss, A minus. I think this is an A plus draft. Yeah, look at it. And, and it, it adds in two areas, right? Size. Marvin Harrison Jr., 6'3", Mim, 6'7", two deep, big defensive linemen, big boys, some beef. And then the corners, both over six feet. And Trey Benson, a pretty decent size back. So, and then all of them, you got Big Ten, SEC, ACC, you got the Big 12, back to the SEC, ACC, Big 12, big Power 5 conference, stuff we've been clamoring for. Bonnie Asifort, I know you're watching this post-Thanksgiving meal, uh, and, and thank you for commending us on this really rock-solid draft once again, our second uh, this week. Thank you for talking me out of a small school guard for a big school <laughs> Uh, power five ass kicking defensive lineman. I, I, I don't know what came over me there. Uh, everybody like this video, subscribe to PHNX sports here on YouTube. Certainly not our last draft podcast of the season. We got six more weeks of action, including this Sunday, LA Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. We will have our big banner preview show bow here on a football Friday manana. In the meantime, everybody enjoy their Thanksgiving like, and subscribe, leave us a five star wherever you get your programming. Draft season, it's not here yet, but just like Thanksgiving, get loaded up with your appetizers because the main course, it's upcoming. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. It's very we'll see you tomorrow. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. 
Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.